When is the right time to play a let? Find your aha moment right after this. Do the best you can with everything you got. Struggle day to day, cherish every fight you fought. Destroy your obstacles, remove the blocks. Got to stand strong, can you do it? Breakthrough, can you move on? Wherever... Welcome back to Find Your Aha Moment. I'm your host, Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. Welcome to 2020. Sign up for my group tennis lesson series on Monday and Tuesday nights right here in Miami in the heart of Coconut Grove. I've got intermediate classes on Monday night, and if you're a new player or lapsed player, I've got novice classes on Tuesday night. Both sessions start at 7.30 in the evening. All you got to do to reserve your spot in class is log on to BackhandCity.com to reserve your spot. Well, today's topic is about let's, and when is it a proper time to call a let? Well, I think the first thing we should do here is define what a let is, and a let is simply a do-over. Typically, it happens in the middle of a point where there's a distraction of some sort, and we're going to define the different distractions where that would be allowable, and we will let you know if it's okay to call a let in those circumstances. So, the first thing is, what is a do-over, and when is it a lucky occurrence? So, for instance, many times the lets happen on the service game. It could either be a first or a second serve. So if the ball hits the net on the serve, it's immediately a let. If it goes in the box, you get a do-over. So if it was your first serve, you get to do a first serve over. If it was your second serve, you get to do a second serve over. Now, there is an occurrence when you serve and hit the net, and it is a let, but if it doesn't land inside the dedicated service box, it's simply a fault. In theory, you could serve lets to infinity. It would just keep going. There's no cap on the amount of service lets you have as long as they're going in to the dedicated service box. Now, the other kind of let in tennis would be the mid-rally let. So, for instance, you're hitting ground strokes and your ball hits the net and trickles over the net for a winner. That counts as a winner. There's no do-over there. It doesn't matter if it's a ground stroke, a forehand, a backhand, a volley, a drop shot, an overhead. You could miss hit it and hit the net and it trickles over. If it triples back, it's always whatever the normal call is. So there's no do-over when you're in mid-rally. So again, you can see here, we're really talking about net cords uh, on the service game versus just occurrences, which you may deem to be lucky when you're in mid-rally. In fact, if you watch a lot of professional tennis players, if they do hit a, a let cord in mid-rally and get a winner, they always put their palm up to apologize and let the opponent know that they recognize their good fortune. Now, I've also divided lets into two different categories, ones that are within your control and those that are out of your control. So what are some let's examples that are within your control? Well, let's say, for instance, you're playing on a windy day and that your hat blows off your head 
and it distracts your opponent or yourself and you call a let. You could also have you're playing a really long rally and you're running from side to side and the ball falls out of your pocket. You or your opponent could be distracted and call a let there. Now, there is a cap on the amount of times you can call a let for something that's within your control. And what that's doing is preventing you from just tossing or inadvertently throwing your hat off every time you're in trouble. So the rule is you get one of those. If it's a repeated issue where the ball keeps falling out of your pocket, you're going to have to make adjustments because you will lose the point. You can't call a let. It's very distracting to your opponent and to yourself. So it's considered bad sportsmanship. So those are within your control. Things that are out of your control are most common with lets. Let's say a ball rolls onto your court from another place, from another court. Either you or your opponent, doesn't matter which side the ball is on, can call let as soon as they are distracted. So that's probably the most common term. If there was some really windy conditions and it was out of your control and the ball blew from the net back into the playing surface, that would be considered a let as well. It doesn't have to come from an adjacent court, but it has to be something that's without... With, that's not within your control. Now, we're going to talk about the technique on how to call a let. The most important thing when it comes to let is to just call it out and stop play immediately. Don't try to hit the ball. Don't try to run for the ball. And just let your opponent know why you're calling to the let. It might be self-evident. Maybe you both see it at the same time. Many times, if the let occurs on the other side of the court, your opponent won't see it and it distracts you. And of course, you want to keep the safety of your opponent so he doesn't sprain his ankle tripping on the net. So that's a key point there. You can call a let for a ball on either side of the net. It's not just your side of the net like it is with calls. Any player can call a let from anywhere on the court. So when do not when do you when can you not call a let? And I think the USTA addressed this a few years ago. It used to come up a lot in obvious winners. And typically obvious winners take place when you're serving. A lot of players would hit an ace, the opponent would look at it, maybe they couldn't find a mark, they'd be hamming it hard, they're like, you know what? I'm not really sure. Play two. That is no longer the case. If somebody hits a ace or a winner and you have a minuscule amount of uncertainty, the rules state there is no let and you give the point to your opponent. So the winner ace rule is really good. Um, the other thing you can do here, and this doesn't get used a lot, but if you interrupt the service flow of your opponent, let's say he or she serves a first serve, and rather than you blocking it back into the net, it was really close, and you took a full swing, and the ball started careening around the baseline, and your server had to go fetch the ball and pick it up. In that case, it's really good etiquette to give your opponent a first serve. It doesn't happen a lot, but it is written in the code of conduct. If you take your opponent out of his serve routine between first and second serve and you were the main culprit, you should give your opponent a first serve. Now, if you hit it back over the net and uh, it was a fault and they miscue it and they're bumping it around and they can't control the ball and it takes them a little bit of while to get organized again, that's fine because that's within their domain and their 
in, in control of those sides of the court. So it typically only happens when you interrupt their service flow from one of your actions. So that's the rule on the let and the definition of a do-over and when it's appropriate. I hope you found it helpful. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Find Your Aha Moment. Don't forget to go onto iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so you can get notified each day with a fresh episode. Thanks for listening. This is Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. I'll talk to you tomorrow. That's where-